The future is a harsh battlefield filled with bounty hunters, robotic weaponry, and cars from the early to mid-80s. <laughs> but also, beyond this future is another future. Mm -hmm. We don't know what that future is like, but it probably feels a lot like 30 years after the late 80s, <laughs> except with mesh t-shirts and time portals. Welcome to Trash or Trash, a bad movie podcast where we watch so you don't have to. We are your trash men. I'm James Willems. I'm Patrick Brown. And this episode, we're headed into the far-flung future of the past with an 82-minute action extravaganza <laughs> that forgets its own premise at least three times. We're trashing on 1990s Future Zone. Future Zone. Okay, I keep getting it confused. The name is getting lost. Yeah, we'll get into that. Do you want to? We picked this movie. We sat down. Yeah. Because we really, at the end of Roar, we didn't select our next movie. We we've, said, yeah, we've been getting really bad said, about it. We get so caught up yeah, in the present. Don't worry. We already know what the next one is. So you won't have that problem. Yeah. But we uh, we sat down, got onto Freebie, mm -hmm. said, let God decide. Yeah. God's going to guide my hand. I close my <laughs> eyes. You put your hand on my hand. Yeah. Yep. Wave the remote around. Yeah. God Pants down around her ankles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Turgid. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we see a movie. Interesting cover. David Carradine. Mm -hmm. Click into it. What's mm -hmm. that? What's that runtime? <laughs> was, What's that uh, runtime now? 82 minutes. 82 minutes. Less than an hour and a half. Bingo. We found our movie. Hit go. Let's, Let's roll. Take baby. a seat. That's 10 extra minutes. I don't have to do anything with today. Future Zone directed and written by David A. Pryor, mm -hmm. who I had never heard of, but is a pretty prevalent 80s and 90s yeah. low budget Horror and action filmmaker. I've never heard of him, but I've seen some I've seen work. some of his movies. Yeah, mm -hmm. his works. You mentioned Deadly Prey. Deadly Prey is the classic. And yeah, then a, he yeah. also is known for Sledgehammer. Nineteen eighty three Sledgehammer. I think I have that on DVD. It's one of the according to AV Club, it is one of the first slasher movies shot yeah. on video. Yeah, well, there so there was a a big like revolution of movies that were just shot on video because mm -hmm. um, they were ex insanely cheap, and then you could get like a, there was a rental market or whatever. Um, but they were often because they were shot on video and like not really subject to ratings, they mm -hmm. would get like nightmare levels of uh, violence. Oh yeah, like the Burning Moon is one like I'm that where that. it's just just they well, go to like extremes with everything and Sledgehammer, I. I, it was kind of sold to me as that, and then I watched it, and I was like, this is kind of just a bad slasher movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is, yeah. There's also feels like there's some sort of aspect of if you're shooting on video at that time period, mm -hmm. you can just roll. Yeah. You can just shoot and shoot and shoot, whereas if it's and film, if it's bad, you, you have can to literally make choices. Rewind, mm -hmm. <laughs> just record over. Um, he also made other movies such as Kill Zone, Deadly Prey, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. Raw Nerve, Raw Justice. Okay. And Relentless Justice. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of <laughs> flows. Yeah, yeah. So kind of hovered around the the action genre mm -hmm. and then also moved into the erotic thriller genre, which is a yes. genre. I, I'm upset that that doesn't exist as much anymore. It totally went away. It was an awesome time period where it'd be yeah. like an A-list actor yeah. would do this movie and the whole movie was about like, there's this woman that comes into his life mm -hmm. and she's really sexually charged. He they, cheats on his wife. He cheats on his yeah, wife. That's important. But he's still the hero of the story oh, yeah. because what could he have done? Exactly. This sultry woman came in. They mm -hmm. have sex. Maybe there was a murder that preceded the sex. Sure. So there's this dark cloud over mm -hmm. the the uh, affair. Saxophone. The saxophone is yep. blaring. Yep. And then the movie just ends with like, her falling out of a window at the end. Yeah. Like they, they, it's all just sex. And then the yeah. end, a part of the movie is they struggle with each other and she falls out of a window. Mm -hmm. And that's how the movie, and then he goes back to his wife. Who takes him back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every time. Because he yeah. real he learned, he realized that he loved her. He had family. to cheat on her to realize that he loved her. That was a whole is thing. the lesson. Yeah. I, it does feel thing. like there are some producers like going through some stuff where they like cheated. Yeah. And they were like, no, but you don't understand. I She was crazy. And I had to do that to learn how much I love you. Why don't I make 
a $50 million movie yeah. to show you so you can learn I about think, why it's okay for me to cheat. I think also they're kind of how video games had that crash and then they were like, all right, we just need to hammer down on one demographic. We're going boys. Oh, like post boys. Atari or whatever. Games used to be for yeah. everybody and then yeah, they were yeah. like, you know, no boys. Boys are mm-hmm. the only. I feel like they were doing this with like middle-aged men. Yeah. Midlife crisis. It's there. all Michael Douglas movies. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's all that He's it kind was. of like the, the most middle-aged guy actor of the 90s. I had a moment mm-hmm. just the other day where I was watching something that had a ton of licensed music in it and it mm-hmm. started playing this song and I was like teleported. What is that? What is that song? Oh, you sure And then yeah. I went, and then my eyes opened and I went, it's from Sliver. <laughs> the Shit. Sharon Stone movie, which I haven't seen in probably, probably 25, Sliver. maybe 30 years. I was Oof. like, it's from Sliver. Yeah. Um, probably probably over a sex scene that I watched again and again. I mean, that's kid. why but, you knew it, I'm sure. Um, this film, back to this, we're talking about a specific movie here, oh, Future right. Zone. We, right? we, we were not just talking it? about any movies. Yeah. Um, it stars uh, David Carradine yep. as John Tucker, a COP agent with the drinking problem. I don't know if the character has a drinking problem, but it's pretty David clear Carradine David Carradine does because yeah. he can't walk straight. But he's in good company because everyone in this movie seems to be either at going through DTs mm-hmm. or uh, is currently indulging in their Absolutely. Uh, habit, which is uh, physical uh, need for alcohol. <laughs> yeah, they're all struggling really hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you aren't familiar, David Carradine is one of the most popular American martial artists probably of all time. Yeah. He is the star of Kung Fu. Classic TV. Which I always make a note was stolen from Bruce Lee because of racism. Sure. Go look up pictures of David Isn't Carradine. Isn't he like from, an, an eighth Japanese he's like something? He's like, he plays like Kwai Chang Kane yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then it's David Carradine uh, yeah. with eye makeup on. Uh-huh. He, he was also Bill in Kill Bill. That's right. Uh, that's a more close one. Anything else he's known for? Uh, yeah, I wrote here, he passed away in Bangkok in 2009, uh, oh, quietly in his sleep, surrounded by loved ones. <laughs> 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 so that's what I have there. Um, Was he asleep? Okay. It's hard to know. Yeah, so no, I, I guess, the yeah. Details, some of yeah, the details yeah. are pretty vague okay. on it. <laughs> okay. But I just went ahead and assumed that he was probably, he probably in his bed. <sighs> yep. Arms he crossed. wasn't. Well, we know he wasn't in his bed, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Near his bed. Uh huh. Yeah. Arms crossed. Loved family, loved ones, <sighs> maybe around. Someone might have been there. I don't know that it was family. It said it said all his goodbyes. Yeah. He said mm. he said thank you for this opportunity, this life lived. Thank you. You've meant so much to me. Et cetera, had, et cetera. Do you think he had time to call Keith? Keith Carradine. Oh, I don't know. From Revenge of the Nerds? I don't know. Say goodbye? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) The phone was off the hook. He made all his his calls. um, And then this peacefully in his sleep. Quietly went. It's beautiful. It's actually a really beautiful moment. I'm sorry. Keith Carradine is not the Revenge of the Nerds guy. I'm thinking of a different one who might not even be related, but whose name is. (laughs) It's close enough. I think he's part of the Carradine family, right? I think they're all related, yeah. Um, The film also stars Ted Pryor. Yes. And you're going to say, wait a minute, that's the Hang same on, whoa, surname whoa, whoa, as the director. Whoa. Oh, it is. It is. they're brothers. Because they're brothers. Yeah. Uh, interesting here, though. Go ahead. Now, we've covered brothers who are both bodybuilders mm-hmm. on this show before. Mm-hmm. To great acclaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ours and theirs. Uh, this, however, is a brother situation where only one mm-hmm. is a bodybuilder. And the other one's a bit of a schlub. Yeah. Uh, David. Yeah. You see photos of David. He's... He's, he's a nobody. Just, yeah, he's I think nobody. he died at like 59, health issues. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, Ted is going strong. I mean, incredible artistic abilities mm-hmm. if you look at the body of work, but Ted is the bodybuilder brother. Yeah. And David is the the behind-the-scenes guy. Well, I'll say this. I, I appreciate you bringing that up because whereas normally I would be upset with mm. uh, David for not following the path of his brother <laughs> into the bodybuilding at the very least, uh-huh. he appreciated what his brother had done he, and said, yes. this must be captured forever. He understands that it should be showcased, even if it's not his thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is, you know. That's it, respectable. That's the, the least you can do. That's respectable. But it is, you know, the right thing to he do. He also said, for this character, what should he be wearing the whole film? A mesh t-shirt. Which again, to me, it's a little like, why is he wearing a shirt 
at all. At all, right. Even if it's mesh, yeah. I think we can lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something very, it what I that I thought was fascinating is that there's no, Ted's never shirtless. No. Never. No. no. He's Strange, always got a shirt right? on, but you can see everything. You can see everything because it's mesh, but... Yeah. Uh, odd. You would have thought that there'd be a moment off, there. Yeah, yeah. There's gratuitous female nudity, but uh-huh. not enough gratuitous male, male nudity. nudity. Especially for a man who was, I believe, was it the uh, March, uh-huh. March 1984 Playgirl Centerfold. That's right. Which he's, I don't know. He said month, that he, yeah. I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go check my archives. <laughs> but um, you your yeah, physical just, archive. Like, I pull yeah. out a big thing. <laughs> March. Um, but uh, no, yeah, he was a bodybuilder in a Playgirl centerfold. He said that at the time he did it, he w- had no intentions of being a model. They were mm-hmm. trying to get money, I guess, to make movies. And he happened to be dancing at Chippendales at the time oh. and thought that that would be a great thing. So cool. good for him. Um, the only other notable people in this film for me uh, Gail Jensen, who mm-hmm. plays Marion. Yeah. We couldn't get a wrap our heads around her. David Carradine's ex-wife. Oh, really? That's that's oh. that's why that's she's why here. She's there. Okay. And then that Charles Napier, who plays yeah. Mickland. Yeah, yeah. He's in a he's everything. in a bunch of stuff, yeah. but for me, he's the voice of Duke Phillips from The Critic. Oh my god. Okay. Which is pretty. It's a quiz a buck, if you know what I mean. I actually had a really. I found an interesting fact about him. Okay. So okay. he's he's just a character actor from like the 80s and 90s that mm-hmm. you'd know if you saw him. Uh, they went on, he went on Dr. Phil with his website to uh, discuss uh, that despite appearing in close to 100 films and countless TV shows, Charles Napier says he's depressed. He's not a big star. Mm. His wife says that instead of becoming upset when he gets rejected for a part, Charles should be grateful and proud. She also thinks that it's time he started making the family, not the pursuit of fame, his priority. After 35 years... They just had this, the business. this discussion publicly, like apparently, like airing his, their dirty laundry. Well, it says his wife appeared on Doctor Phil to discuss his obsession with being famous. Was he there, so or just his wife was there? Uh, him and his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you're watching this movie, he's like the head of the police department, but you actually don't find out who he is for like quite a while. I yeah, think in the movie, I, didn't, I thought he was just a business guy. Yeah, I did too. But I think he's the head of the C the COP civilians, um, civilian operated police. But apparently he thinks he should be far more famous than he is. All right. Uh, and is upset about it. I feel to the, the same point way. That he had to go on national. I TV. feel the same way. I do too. <laughs> Come on. Um, not a ton of additional info about this movie. Um, I made a note of it being filmed in beautiful Mobile, Alabama. That's right. One of the it does not paint well, a nice picture. Well, because when you want to think about portraying the future, right? Yeah. Where society goes, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people assume Mobile, Alabama in 1993. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of the yeah. It is kind of the shining star in the sky when it comes to. I I love when the setting is a character. Yes, in the film, yeah, yeah. And Mobile for sure is. <laughs> She I went to good. when I went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This is only somewhat related, but when I went to New Orleans, I was like, "Wow, this is really cool for a couple blocks." But if you go in the wrong direction, it really feels like someone tried to drown this city. Yeah, which is basically what, what happened. happened. Yeah, God, actually. God tried to yeah. drown this city. Yeah, yeah. I ha- I don't know that I've been to Mobile, Alabama. I have been mm-hmm. to Alabama, but that's what it. I was I was like thinking like was there like a hurricane shortly before this yeah, filming yeah. because it looks like someone tried to drown this. Feels city. like an entity has its hand on the throat of the yeah. city. I, I have I have a few more tiny little facts and then uh, first of all this is obviously Whit Norris's first ever feature film The Sound Mixer. Saw that I yeah that that was in the Wikipedia. <laughs> well, I looked up Whit Norris. Some, He's done a ton of stuff. I'm He's sure he working. has. He did Blue Beetle most recently. He did sound I'm mixing cr- on Blue Beetle. Look, I'm sure he's an incredible sound mixer. It's just a very strange thing to be the only note under production on the Wikipedia. There's a lot of stuff in the realm, in the sphere uh-huh. of uh, of David Pryor, David A. Pryor, yeah. I should specify, be that appears to be self-edited wiki stuff. Oh, uh, well, let's talk about their way. I just want to say one more thing, and then we should yeah. talk about the way that they're, the structure. Uh, one of the people who's given music credit, which we will talk at length, I'm sure, about the music in this movie, uh-huh. is someone named John W. Morgan, whose yeah. Wikipedia is a Canadian lawyer and politician 
the Wikipedia does not mention music once or anywhere. Yeah. I don't know if they linked the wrong I one. I think that might be a wrong hyperlink. I'm hoping they didn't. And this is just a guy who tried his hand at movie music. Well, but we t- we, we're going to talk capacity, about this. In this capacity, I don't know what that means. We're going to talk about the music yes. in this. Yes. Because it's a major part of it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I saw that too. And I was like, is this just a coincidence? I don't know. You just got this yeah. wrong name. Just someone click some links. Yeah, it seems like there's some definitely some wiki tampering. Yes. Specifically to this, because if you go to Ted Pryor's, mm-hmm. it's unfurled in such a way I've never seen wiki format before. David's too. David Both is of them also have kind yeah. of the same. Like they're like not bullet pointed, but this. it's just like a year and yeah. then a listing of stuff. Yeah, it's very strange. No other Wikipedia is like this. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Whit Norris is getting his. You might dirty I think Whit is in, in there. there. Yeah. Whit Norris probably wanted you to put something be. in there. The only other thing I had was that one of the producers was like a huge choreographer who was from... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, with, David Winters. Yeah, he worked with like Elvis and the Monkees mm-hmm. and was in West Side Story. He choreographed the Star Wars Holiday Special and directed Thrashin' with Josh Brolin. The Romeo, wow. Romeo and Juliet skateboard movie. There was the the very last work, I believe, that, uh, that David A. Pryor worked on was a David Winters movie. And when you, when you think about the fact that he made Future Zone... And well, then this, it's like, it's like stepping up to, or I what I forget what it's called. They owned a, uh, they owned the production company together. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. That made all of these movies. I, I don't know how they linked up, but. That's the dream. We were talking know, about it this while the movie it was like, there was this short period in time where it's like, you could just cobble together a couple bucks and like, you're going to be shooting two movies a year. Yeah. You'll probably get to travel a little bit. And, and you'll blow some stuff up. <laughs> yeah. You'll blow some stuff up, yeah. but you're probably going to make pretty good money doing it. Yeah. And uh, you're going to be set for life after that point. Because mm-hmm. you're probably, you're not going to have to even probably deal with studios all that much. You're going no, they to don't care. rental markets. As long as you're under budget, like, they don't give a shit. They don't care. So they this is a dream scenario. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it <laughs> for is. For a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but that's all that we have. So I think it's time mm-hmm. for us to jump into the breakdown. Please, thank you. I'm gonna rise to the top. All right, first thing I noticed from this movie, mm-hmm. nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> David and then Ted. Two surnames yeah. in a row, yeah, yeah. and I went, wait a minute. Hang on. Yeah. Um, it's got an interesting score. Again, all we it went- have a score. Right. I think the music. <laughs> the music crazy. is used, and the first thing you notice- Yeah. Well, we saw the box art. It's called Future Zone. Yes. We didn't know anything about it other yeah. than the box art has a guy on it with a futuristic like hand thing, or yeah. something, and, yeah. we, and it's called Future Zone. And we went, okay. Great. The first thing you see is a harbor dock or whatever, a couple dock oh, right. workers yeah, yeah. in Mobile, Alabama. And the, the ship is like rusted. To, they shoot at night, yeah. obviously, to like hide the fact that this ship has been condemned and mm-hmm. sitting rusting in Mobile for like, honestly, I would say 20 or 30 years. It's yeah. in really bad shape. Yeah. Uh, and then it starts exploding. Yeah. The plot... They shoot the like longshoremen or whatever. There's they're... some criminals and they're doing some dirty dealings with the captain of a ship mm-hmm. that I, it, we find out later is transporting drugs. Yeah. And, but the, this criminal boss, this crime boss, his solution to everything is is kill anyone any witness. Anyone. Any witness, anyone mm. remotely close to this, you got to kill him. His employees. Everyone. Anyone. Everyone dies. Yeah. So they load up this van that looks suspiciously like an Econo line from 1984. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even though we're in the future. Apparently. And uh, and they fill it with drugs. And then the captain's like, well, are you got to pay me or what? And then he says, oh, I'll pay you with this. And Boom. he shoots him. Yeah. But. With a gun, I call it the gun jab. Oh, he stabs him for where, yeah. He he jabs the gun into his body <laughs> so they don't actually have to have a squib or a muzzle flare yes. go off. Um, and then he again to cover his tracks blows up the ship that supposedly yeah. just came into dock carrying drugs, but as you pointed out, is has been decommissioned for at least eighty years. It has been rotting. The the it's all rust. Yeah, and that's visible even in the pitch black of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it is all rust. Yeah. Uh, David Carradine shows up, not looking good. No. Uh, he's a little. He's a little chunky. He's put on a little weight. You know. He's, oh, he's drunk too. He's drunk. <laughs> very visibly drunk. He's balding, mm-hmm. and, uh, gray. 
He can't really move very well. I, I no. pointed out, I think he has a limp for a yeah. lot of this movie. Yeah. Um, but he's like an ace shot. That's the thing. He's That's his whole thing. He's a cool cat. He comes in. He says he represents the COP, Civilian, Civilian. Operated Police. Yeah. In this future. Mm-hmm. There is no police force. Yeah. There are basically just glorified bounty hunters. So you can like get a, your license or something and yeah. go get bounties. and You get to- crime yeah. tips and then you yeah. can go off and then handle that crime. But it's interesting too because it's kind of got a Judge Dredd vibe where he yeah. shows up and he goes, you've been sentenced to die. Mm-hmm. These are you people have a right by the, to die. You have a, oh yeah, you yeah. have a right to die. Um but these are people who were just transporting drugs. Like that's yes. all that they did. Yeah, they drove a van. It's that trafficking. Had drugs in it. We're definitely beyond dealing when with the amounts that are sure. being shown here. But sure, but the idea that your options essentially are to die, to die or yeah, fight yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so most of them die. He like yeah. he said, like you said, he's a quick shot. Gets one guy, I think. Right. Yeah, or he, he survives. One guy. One guy tries to fight him in a van. And his plan oh. is he's going to drive back and forth. <laughs> he just, <laughs> yeah, he just drives back and forth on the dock, and David Carradine is, like, very surprised. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the future. I just want to keep emphasizing. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, the yeah. future. So when David Carradine leaves, he goes to get into his, what would you say, 1981 Ford Bronco? Uh, yeah, yeah, but maybe 81 Bronco. Yeah, it's some like that. Look, those cars. He doesn't, and he doesn't say, it's vintage. He doesn't have no, a line like that. He's like, he's like, I just yeah. picked this one yeah. up. <laughs> Brand new. Uh, the paint is all stripped off of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's like an 81 or whatever Bronco. Very, very old car. But look, I mean, if it's a manual transmission and you've been taking care of it, mm-hmm. Thing's gonna last forever. Yeah. So I'm just saying easily it's the made it. It's the future. It is the future, but he likes the classics. Okay. <laughs> so you have a little bit of a shootout where another guy driving a different van from the 80s, mm-hmm. they just drive back and forth. They just kind of back, yeah. back and forth. David Carradine's shooting from his truck, and the other guy's shooting from his truck. They're all and missing. Then David Carradine sees a screw this. Mm-hmm. Pops open the trunk. What does he find in there, Patrick? Power glove. He pops open that just giant case. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, he slaps the glove on. You really think this glove is going to be important in this movie? It's going to be sick. Yeah. Uh, and he, it just gets covered in like cartoon electricity. He points it at the car. The car becomes covered in cartoon electricity and yeah. explodes. The yep. guy runs out, and yeah. that's it. That's mm-hmm. really all. So he arrests the guy, takes him in. Glove Let's, goes back in the case for most of the rest of the movie. And they show the whole thing. That's the best part. Everything is, is where yeah. he grabs the guy. He's like, <laughs> oh, he's like, right. you're under arrest now. <laughs> it's like, it's like and then, and then it just hangs on one shot of David Carradine putting away his glove as the guy that's just right. kind of hops into the passenger yeah. seat and waits for him. He could, like, he could have easily run off. And like latches the case. Uh, <laughs> it's, this is, again, 82-minute movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, they still were like, oh, fuck, we got to, yeah. you got to find somewhere to stretch space. it. We need space. Yeah. Um, and he also gets a call from Cindy on his oh, very Cindy. futuristic. Ooh, we love yeah. Cindy. Yeah, she's Cindy, great. We're a big fan of Cindy on yep. this podcast. Very futuristic. CRT TV television screen that's uh-huh. in his Bronco yeah, yeah. from 1981. It's like, do you remember the portable, the portable TVs that you'd see? I never had one, but it was like it was like a portable radio, but it mm-hmm. had a little tiny, tiny yep. little TV screen, black and white with a huge antenna. Yep, that's about that. Pretty much kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but she, now we're like, oh, it's, there's a dispatch here. She's like part of the dispatch, yeah. and she's like, did you get the guys? Oh, that's going to be a couple thousand bucks per head or whatever. Mm-hmm. She gets a cut. She gets she does 10%. she gets ten percent. Um and so yeah, he takes the guy into the police station, which yeah. is just like a lobby of people milling about, and then has a little flirtatious back and forth with her. But we also find out that he's married to a woman named Marion, who's always we won't get into <laughs> because he works too much. He yeah. spends too much time working. Well, and Marion's constantly calling the police station to get a hold of him, but he has a phone in his car. It's could just call him. It's confusing. It, there's a lot of things. We're gonna get into the biggest discrepancy. After after David Carradine leaves, mm-hmm. someone, a mystery person shows up. There's yes. almost like a really cheap version of the Terminator time portals flash that happens. But it's just like a guy walking with a backlight. Yeah. Right? And, and kind yeah. of stumbling too. Yes. Wobbling. Mm-hmm. And then we see he's got boots and we see and he's, oh, who is this guy? Who could this guy be? Um, back in the police station. Uh, David Carradine finds out that 
someone has shown up and is breaking the world record for his shoot time. What? <laughs> I can't tell if you're, you just found some, <laughs> some new no, information. I'm to you. Um, or you're filling the audience. What? They have this thing where it just shoot to, to see how quickly you could shoot your it's gun. It's like lights that turn on like and then you machine. do a quick draw. And yeah. everyone's huddled around because there's someone who has the new world record of 1.74. Which I don't know what, because it's not 1.74 seconds. I don't know what it could be. It's mean. so fast. Yeah. It's like a fraction of a second. I don't know what the 1.74 is. Also, there's the lights that say are when. We, it's are like, we it's counting like, the light? Like a, drag, like a drag strip where it shows you lights and yeah, you go. Like, beep, this beep. doesn't do that. I mean, it does that. But it, you would think in a situation, a life or death situation, they're not going to say, all right, we'll fire on three. Yeah. Anyway, he's really fast and he's really good. And he's, then, the, he's great. And then what do I turn to you and say? You, well, wasn't it when he said, you you turn to me and you say, that's his son in the, from the future. <laughs> <laughs> we checked the clock, 13 minutes Exactly 13 seconds. minutes. Yeah. You said, uh, yeah, you were like, that is his son from the future. I said, I bet you're fucking right. Let's yeah. pause the movie. I want to see the time code here. I want to see how long it took to figure it out. Yeah. And folks, James was right on the money. <laughs> yeah, this was, it is in fact so, his son from the future, but- I don't think we're supposed to fully know that till the very, very end of the movie. It is strange Maybe. because every summary that I can find now in 2024 mm -hmm. pretty much concedes. Right off the bat. The yeah. son, this guy's son from the future comes back yeah. and they have to work together. Mm -hmm. But the way the movie presents it, I feel like it doesn't, it really, it doesn't do a good job of it, but it feels no. like the filmmaker thought, Oh man, I'm gonna blow their minds once I this reveal is gonna this piece be of a pretty crazy twist. Um, Billy is his name, and he reveals that he learned how to shoot for, from, he had, from his teacher. He had a he very, his, he had a pretty good teacher, he had a great teacher. Yeah, and which so, at that point it's like, oh, it's definitely yeah. There's yeah, but not it. to be outdone. David Carradine shoots again. He breaks New the time, and he record. goes, "You need a better teacher." Yeah, and Billy has a little bit of laugh at that because he knows that he's. A, but also remember that because. It, yeah, and what we find out later, that makes absolutely yeah, no goddamn sense. Unless his teacher was a different person. Well, doesn't make sense. We'll get to it. Um, and then, uh, and then from there, we kind of get into the corporate, the seediness of this, right? Yes. We meet the chief of police or whatever he is. Mickland. He's like the leader of the, of the COP. He's, I guess. he's watching the news story about the explosion on the old ship and he's thinking, oh no, this is probably involving me somehow. It's just footage. I don't know where they got that footage from. I don't it's, know. <laughs> it's 35 millimeter, 16 millimeter. And, uh, and so he has a little guy who he makes sit on a high, high chair. It's, it's a high chair. It is fully like, they cut to the wide and it was, the, I was dying. Yeah. It is him behind a desk, which you can still see all his legs mm -hmm. under that desk, by the way. And then, like a little man in a high chair, yeah, next to him. It's I I don't know where they got this furniture, but yeah, it is a it is a men's high chair. And essentially, I, I just want to really stop again to emphasize: we thought this movie took place in the future. Yeah. So as it's unfolding in front of us, it and it does some future things, like the police station is filled with screens. Yeah, yeah, car, right? car, car TV, some things, like some of the hands. jackets they wear yeah. seem like they're future inspired or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of it is just straight 80s. Like, well, when did the, this came, so okay, so this one came out in 1990. So yeah, it's all 80s. Uh, it was, I mean, I, I wrote down, the future has the same patio furniture that my grandparents had in 1993. Yeah, because like, Mickland has literally. A, I think we had that patio furniture. Mickland has a call with the bad guy who did the gun jab from earlier. Yeah, yeah. Who was the drug czar or whatever? Like I don't that, know. Yeah. And they're in cahoots, and he was like, "Oh, well, yeah, you you got to keep a lower profile and stuff." Meanwhile, the bad guy's getting a poolside massage in one of those. Patio yes. chairs yeah. from a topless woman named yeah. Barbie for literally no reason. <laughs> they I don't, yeah, I, they had a friend who was willing to go I, topless maybe. As a kid, I would understand because I would watch a whole movie just to see that. If you heard that that was even a possibility, you'd watch, you would watch you'd the watch whole it, movie. Right, yeah. no questions. Yes. <laughs> but it was made for adults. So does that mean yeah. that 
men who were my age now in the 90s mm -hmm. would see that and be like, yeah! Well, okay, Whoopee! here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your age now, uh -huh. either of our ages, honestly, we would have been the equivalent of like what is 50 years old today, right? Right, because of life and how hard it was. Well, not even. It's just something about the way yeah. they lived back then. Yeah. It was worse. I'd be wearing so much very worse. large Huge sunglasses that have the yeah. tint in them. Yeah. And we would be like, you know, you and I are out. We're at the bar. No, yeah, we're at the bar. We have families at home, but we don't. No. We're not. Yeah. No. And we're like really grossly laughing it up, yucking mm -hmm. it up, uh, basically just uh, objectifying yeah. people who walk by, Easy. right? And yeah. that was that was life. That was it. That was life for guys back then. Guys like us back then. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I still don't think I understand how just throwing, like, like something you'd see that, just be like, oh! I understand if you put something in a movie that's designed to like titillate or whatever, uh -huh. but it's it's like it might as well have been just a mannequin. It really is just set dressing. It's like, why is this woman <laughs> It meant nothing. Like, Anyway, I was, I'm not complaining because yeah, it didn't feel it didn't feel like enough attention was given to it to even be like, oh, this was for comedic effect or this was for like intentionally. It was meant to be like, no, hey, here's some fucking boobs. No, no, you want this? Yeah, because that's very obvious when that's happening. This was just kind of like, oh, here's a nude woman. Yeah, uh. but I just have a question. Like at in the time period uh -huh. when that would have been seen and it was brand new, is that the kind of thing some? man my age would have seen and his hat would have come spun around. <laughs> right, yeah. Steam comes out of his ears and it comes back down uh -huh. again. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you would have thought, damn, that's so cool. All right. Well, um, we go from extremely uh, beautiful and young Barbie at the poolside mm -hmm. to meeting Marion, who is uh, Tucker's, Tucker's wife. Yep. She's upset with him because he's working all the time. Yeah. She's dressed like a, what did I put here? Marion is dressed like a 1940s starlet as she gets into a late 80s station wagon. <laughs> yes. Her look in this movie is insane. It's And it gets like weirder yeah. and weirder throughout the movie, unintentionally, I, I think. Yeah. Um, she's a, a little odd looking, but I think it's partially, you know, like, 90s everyone back then looks so I thought she was in her 50s or 60s she mm -hmm. was like 41 yeah I, uh, I really thought she was a lot older and maybe it's just because she was married to David Carradine but like there's a couple times where she's far away and you're like oh yeah she looks young and she yeah. gets close to the camera yeah. you're like oh Whoa. she's really old yeah but then there's also other times where she's on that video screen and <laughs> it looks like her face like is distorted she looks like to Tom screen. York in the fishbowl from that Radiohead yeah, music yeah. video um, She's so like right up on the lens. This movie wasn't doing her any favors, but either way, she, she's really upset with him because he's gone all the time. All the and time. she also is dealing with some stuff. And he's like, well, what are you dealing with? She's like, we'll talk about it later. And she she drives off. Mm -hmm. And also during this scene, some random guy walks by in the background that you pointed out. I think I think it's intentional in retrospect. I think it is, what's his name, Billy? It's Bill, it, Billy. Yeah, Billy is his name. I think it's Billy that walks by because right. he shows up immediately afterwards. But there is just a person. It's weird. That, like, it looks walks through the frame, and it yeah. does not look intentional. Like they're on like a small suburban street or something, which like, we'll we'll be referencing later. Because oh yes, that's we where will. The house is located yep. on a street with a driveway next to another house, jammed in between two other houses. And the full foundation. Pretty, uh, yeah, <laughs> foundation. Um, it's made out of uh, uh, wood. Yep. And not, you know, cardboard. But we'll, Even if that was Billy walking by, uh -huh. it looks like he was just walking it, by to hit his mark. It looks like a mistake. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Regardless of whether or not it's intentional. All right, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Sorry. But we're getting through this movie. We yeah. still don't know what year it is or what year it's meant nope. to be. And we won't find out. If you're here for that... <laughs> We won't, we won't get to the bottom of that, know. but we'll get to the bottom of the rest of this Actually, movie and can't. what's going on can't. right after this break. We kind of do find out now that I remember because there's that other piece of trivia that we'll get into later. But uh, have we talked about the businessman, the dubbed businessman yet? We haven't. So, okay. so basically, Billy meets... Tucker at his place. Yeah. He comes he's like, over. How do you? He's like bothering him. He's like, yeah. what is this guy? He's like, I don't even know this guy. What's he doing following me around? The yeah. guy's like, hey, I want to help you out with your case. I want to do this stuff. He's like, fine, mm -hmm. come with me. So they decide to get to the bottom of this case. I don't even remember <laughs> why he gets involved again. Oh, uh, no. 
I don't remember why he gets. He knows the location. Billy knows the location of. So yeah, but what is Tucker doing? Well, he just wants to work with Tucker. So he's like, I want to work with you. I want, I want to see how you work, what you, what you do. Uh huh. I have this information. Let's uh, go check it out. Why not, can we go together? And okay, do it got and it. Split the money. Yeah, whatever. So he got says it. yes. So they they're driving yeah. down. They're driving down beautiful Mobile, Alabama Street. Gorgeous. They pop there. on the radio. Mm-hmm. They hear a song that couldn't have been released a single year after 1988. <laughs> no, no. And uh, but the best thing about it is in this scene, it's played for present day music. Right. Yeah. It's played for uh, present day. Right. Like if it was Back to the Future. It's basically the scene from Back to the Future mm-hmm. where Marty McFly is like, oh, I love this. I saw it in reruns or whatever. Yeah. They're like, reruns? This one just aired yeah, today or whatever. Yeah. It's that same thing, but with the most 80, 80s like, song you've ever heard in your life. There's no mistaking. <laughs> it's like they they took every instrument that only existed in the 80s yeah. and put it into this song. Yeah. Everything about it, like, yeah, it could not have existed. Billy calls it a great old song. Yeah. And, uh, and you think it's going to... But there isn't any payoff to that. Yeah. Because I don't know what that song is. I mean, yeah, it's definitely an 80s song, but like, I don't know that song. It's yeah. just a stock song. And then David Carradine never says like, what are you talking about? This is new. No. He's just is like, shut up. He's like, I hate this music. He turns off the radio. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What was the point? You're not telling, the only reason I know that that's what you're going for is because I've seen other movies. Also, the movie forgets that it showed a magical lightning time portal open and this guy walked through in the beginning, surround like backlit. Stumble a little bit. Stumble a little bit. <laughs> but it's acting as though we don't know he's from the future. There's a lot happening. Yeah. Either way, they get to a parking deck and yeah. there's a guy going to his car. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the guy is, how he's related to the crime world at all. All I do know is they they filmed him from about a quarter mile away and had to ADR all of his lines. <laughs> I know who I know the connection. Okay, tell me the connection. He's the owner of the uh, condemned ship. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, yeah. Like all right. Pretty deep, and he has no connection. Yeah. To any of this, right? He just owns the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he stopped like this. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> funny. Like, he's, he looks. <laughs> He no, looks like the uncle from shit. Harry Potter. Kind of, yeah. But a yeah. slimmed down version yeah, yeah. of the uncle from Harry Potter. And But his voice is like this squeaky little it's thing, like, yeah. and it's all ADR'd. So, I mean, the whole movie's ADR, but all sure. these movies are, but like, this is it's not really, it's like they got like a child to yeah. do. I, it's very bad. Um, and he, I mean, my theory on everyone in this movie who doesn't have an IMDb page mm-hmm. or like, like, you know, was never an actor is that yeah. they are like the financiers of oh, yeah, the yeah. movie. Like they're like furniture store owners in Mobile mm-hmm. or something. Because a lot of these guys, I was like, it looks like they just grab people from like a factory. Yeah. And like those three dudes in the beginning who are in jail later yeah. or whatever. I was like, I don't think they were just bad. in the jail. They're just guys who were in jail. <laughs> they were, yeah. Can we film in your cell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's the case. With, uh, it seems to me to be the case with a lot of the people in this movie. Yeah. It's just guys that maybe put up $2,000 for a piece of the movie yeah. or something. They're in one scene and they die. That's exactly. basically it. And that's yeah, what yeah. happens with this guy. He yeah. sits into his car and blows up. Yeah, yeah. The oh, car is man. booby-trapped. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. There must be more to this. Yep. And while this is happening, because again, like we said, the bad guy covers all of his tracks by committing infinitely more worse crimes mm-hmm. to cover up the crimes he has yeah, committed. Yeah, yeah. Basically murder and stuff like that. Yep. So he gets this guy who looks like low-rent John Kreese from mm-hmm. uh, Karate Kid. Yeah. And uh, he sends him to the cop jail where he just walks in, mm-hmm. shoots some people in the back, and he then goes to a like jail cell. from downtown or something? Yeah, I don't right. even remember. He yeah. he doesn't really. He just gets far enough to get into the door, and then opens fire. He just starts yeah. shoot. He just shoots anyone. He's, he's got a silencer. Yeah, um, and then finds three normal guys, just three regular guys. Yep. I don't know how to explain it other than they said, "All right, the three of you just just act normal in this scene." Yeah. And one dude picks his legs up, and <laughs> they're one all dude, <laughs> so uncomfortable. And, and, um, that is something that this movie is is great for. Is no one is comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, they're either very drunk or yeah. badly need a drink. Like mm-hmm. medically, they need alcohol. Uh, or 
they are like so confused. They're so shell shocked by mm-hmm. being on a film set. <laughs> the <laughs> like, lights are bright. The lights are yeah. They're really messing with them. They're just staring like <laughs> with such fear in their eyes off into the distance. <laughs> the lions were better actors. Oh yeah, they were way for more. Better. Yeah yeah. Um, either way, it was basically just to get one of those guys was the dude from earlier who got into the passenger mm-hmm. seat of the car. And they need to know what he's told the guy them. The from like the very beginning of the movie. The yeah. first thing where he like they, kills. Yeah. They need to know what he's told them and also where the drugs are because I guess the drugs were confiscated. Why the hell would he know? I don't know why he would know. And also I would assume they would be at the jail. Of course they are. So they broke in. If they're going to break into a thing and steal a witness, why not, why not steal the, the drugs? Coke. Doesn't matter. They bring him back and then the, the boss is like talking to him and scaring mm-hmm. him with the pulling the trigger on the gun. And he tells him he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know where they are. And they're like, all right, I yep. believe you. And then they shoot him. And then he shoots him in the face anyway. That's right. Um, but while all this is happening, Marion calls Tucker <laughs> and, um, and says she has amazing news. Incredible news. The best news. And it's, the best thing that could have ever happened. He's like, you won the lottery? And she's like, no, the best thing that could have ever happened to us. Mm-hmm. And he still doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. He's like, he I, no I don't fucking know. He I thinks he no shoots idea. blanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he goes home, spends time with her. She's 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 beaming. Oh my God, she's She's so got happy. on this she's so elaborate happy. dress from a time period no one can place. <laughs> and she sits him down in his chair, which looks like the something Archie Bunker would say. It in. is. It is the Archie Bunker chair. It's got like a blanket over it. <laughs> she opens up his jacket like a few buttons just so his yeah. chest can breathe. Yep. Yep. And uh, and then she's like, "I'm going to tell you, and Justice, just give me one I second. Have to get ready. I have to get ready." And so we see her go into the bedroom and ah. get down into her her underwear. This is not a ma- look. I mean. You know, no, no disrespect here. You know, you do what you can, but this is a, a not a matching set no. of underwear, which I find it's weird, appalling. Yeah, uh, put in the effort, but <laughs> so, mm-hmm. she's got like these the highest leopard uh, panties I've ever seen. Uh huh. Very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, bra. She she gives herself a little spritz, spritz of perfume yeah. or something. Yeah, and then. A vest? It looks like the dress she was wearing earlier, but yes. if you rolled it up so that way you could wear it over your shoulders. Yeah, like a backpack almost. Yeah, and wear it like a backpack. It's an insane look. It's one of the weirdest, like, lingerie you could just buy from a store. I don't know. It's like makeshift. But the whole thing, you also remember it's that insane. this is how she's getting ready to tell him she's pregnant. Right, yeah. Yes. Doesn't make well, any why? sense. Tell it. Just what is happening? Why are you doing this? Either way, it goes bad quick because he, he, gets, he gets a, a call. call from Cindy. Hey, that guy you arrested, he mm-hmm. got broken out of jail. If you want to take this job, they're paying a lot of money for it. And I know and where it, he I is. know where it is. Yeah. And so he doesn't even think twice. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't have time to wait around two, literally two minutes for my wife to change. No. So he gets in his car and drives off. She comes running out. She's wearing the vest, the panties. The bra, and she's also holding yarn. Yes, two balls of yarn. And with I was like, "What in the it? hell?" And it isn't until it ends when she throws it down that yeah. you see she yarned a little like booty, booties, which yeah, I guess but... she did earlier today after getting yes. the news from the doctor's yeah. office. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, before he goes out there, do we see? When do we see the Silicon Valley? The guy from Silicon Valley? Dude, not really, but it kind of looks like him in mm-hmm. the alley. Um, I think that's around this time. This is around the point where they're covering each other's tracks, right? He finds yeah. a file. Yes. Uh, he goes. He, and, oh no, no. So that's what it is. So it's a. It's the guy who was in the high chair earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. who looks like uh, Zach Woods is yeah. his name from Silicon Valley, but older. So he steals the file on. Uh, God damn it! What's David Carradine's name in this? John Tucker. John Tucker. He steals John Tucker's file. And goes and meets one of the drug dealers to give it to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'll do anything I'm told, mister. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, I'll do anything I'm told. I, I love being told what to do. And I I exist to serve, mm-hmm. sir. And, you know, the guy pops him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, because he's someone who interacts with a villain in this movie. So he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not before he says, uh, no, I mean it. I'll do anything I'm told. Anything. 
anything. Anything. How bad do you want this file? Yeah. And then they show everything. He does. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird how in the midst of this, mm -hmm. they show it all. Because, again, it's only an 83-minute runtime, but they had time mm -hmm. for this, this man to explain that he'll do anything and yeah. then, like, really slowly unbuckle. Well, the guy was like, what do you, what do you mean by anything? He says, let me show you. He starts licking his lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you and they're mean in an alley that? between two apartment buildings. Yeah, in Mobile, so like, In Mobile. So these are packed buildings, right? Yeah, Anyone yeah. can see what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And he, well, there's that, remember there's that point where it, the camera, like, it, it shows. I think it's going to be modest because <laughs> right, it, like right. the camera tilts up and it shows. Yeah. It shows like an Italian grandmother. Uh -huh. <laughs> but then it immediately whips back it down, back and down. then you can see. You can see what that's what's happening. Yeah, between these you, you two can men see. Alley, yeah. Uh, so that's like ten or fifteen. It's minutes, a while, and then they clean each other up. Yeah. Well, he he does the he mostly does the cleaning up. Yeah. Because he likes. To be told what to do, so he cleans them both up. Yeah, and they have a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> in the alley. One guy, because he, one guy lights two cigarettes. I remember right. he lights two yes. cigarettes. So he goes, "You want one?" Yeah, he passes it to him. That's right. It's really tender moment. Yeah, and then he shoots him. <laughs> he pushes him. <laughs> he shoots him. And also, the whole time there's playing the Twilight Zone <laughs> soundtrack yeah. is playing. Yeah. Okay. Did we even did we, we talk didn't, about? We didn't actually. We haven't gotten to it yet, right? No. no. The music in this movie is like. It's crazy. It's I know I know it's a it's a cheap movie. A lot of these movies are just stock music libraries, right? There's not mm -hmm. a, there's not an original score cuz that's expensive. Yeah. There's time and money. There is like no coherent no anything though. No. It's all over the at one point there's it's straight up Looney Tunes music. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, like what did, what did you what did you call it the I mean, it sounded like something from the Twilight. It's, yeah, it's, Twilight Zone. It's yeah. like it's like if you go watch an episode of the Twilight Zone mm -hmm. or any of those like TV anthologies back then, they mm -hmm. always had a certain sound, and it was yeah. like a score mm. with like an orchestra and a full band or whatever. But it sort of like stings, like it's yeah. quicker. And, yeah, and it mostly it like only existed for that time period. Yeah. So what yeah. we have here is a movie about the future. 40 clearly years set later. in eight, 1989 yeah. Yeah. with a score from 1960. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a woman dressed like 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> and 80s. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but it's all over the place. Like there yeah. is no coherent time period to no. the music or like the theme or anything. And because sometimes the score will just sound like a regular modern. Mm -hmm. It sounds like stock music, but it sounds like stock music from 1990 yeah. at least yeah uh, it's all over the place so shout out to that Canadian politician who took care of that yeah, for who, us I guess who almost yeah. certainly got accidentally hyperlinked yeah. on a Wikipedia article he has <laughs> yep. nothing to do with alright we, we're gonna get into the thrilling climax of this yes. movie after one more break We skipped over the fact that there was a whole warehouse shootout, by it's, the way. It's maybe the most boring part of the movie. It is. It's just a setup. He, where, you see three guys on a table, yeah. and they're counting drugs. One drug, two drug. And then it, and you just hear David Carradine go like, hey, he's suddenly in this empty warehouse, and he's like got to jump on him or them, whatever. Yeah. But it turns out it's a trap. Oh my he God. was sent here. Um, Cindy gave him this job, and mm. he was sent here, and it's filled with guys. So David Carradine lazy as possible fires his guns in all directions and just dies behind a wall at one point he falls and like fire is firing his guns in the air yeah bullets going into the ground for oh, sure yeah. um and uh and it looks like his it, it's trouble for him until suddenly uh -oh. boom his bronco comes busting in it's billy yep. who is also firing and missing most of the guys while they driving his truck around. Per, I think David Carradine maybe hits one guy in the first round. Yeah. And then, they yeah. didn't have enough dudes for people no. to take shots and no. get mowed down like Commando or something. So he hops in the car and then there's a car chase, mm -hmm. which all these movies have to have. Of course. Car chase. Of course. And uh, it's the most, maybe the most boring one. It's really boring. It's basically yeah. them in the center lane arguing with each other, mm -hmm. and then two, uh, one car to the right, one car to the left, shooting at each other. Yeah. Like, like again, you mentioned Looney Tunes. Yeah, that's what it's like when yeah, you yeah. just see just like gunshots firing back and forth. Um, until finally they stop the car, and then they do like a little quick draw. Yeah, on one of the guys. Yeah, and 
crashes. There's a big car crash. Yeah. This is a it okay. launches The car a ramp. flips. This is when uh, I pointed out you can the roll cage could not be more visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the just a steel interior in this car. Yeah, uh, which is quite apparent. I'm also looking at our notes and realizing, oh, wait, no, okay, yeah. So the file that they have, I think all they got from that file was to learn that this John Tucker guy has a wife. So then they decide to target, grass, I guess, yeah. target her. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, wait, that, that means we're in big trouble. So they rush back to the house that we saw earlier where he lives in. Which, again, suburban street, maybe even an urban, maybe it might even be in the yeah. city, kind of, you know, in a neighborhood. Uh Fairly dense driveway, mm-hmm. sidewalk, uh, house on both sides, yeah. you know, small little city lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure this, I don't know how they achieved it, but they blew uh, up that exact house. No. No? So they arrive at the house. It's not that dark out. Mm-hmm. Certainly not dark enough to not notice that the house is now in an empty field mm-hmm. on cinder blocks oh, right, field. made out of cardboard, mm, you're right. uh, which it is in the movie when yeah, they arrive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a complete. It, it's what about the so, house that it was next to? Was that, that that's was not there not anymore? There. No. Yeah. Well, the driveway just, at least must have nope, been there. No driveway. Mm. No sidewalk. Mm. No road. No. It's road. just right. in a field. Park on the, yeah. The house that we've seen mm. several times already. Yeah. Is now in the middle of a field on cinder blocks mm. and made out of cardboard, plywood. Why maybe? is that? Uh, because they just blow it up. Oh, they yeah. Blow it up. But why the fuck? Just go go to the house. Show the explosion mm-hmm. or whatever, blow up your shitty miniature, mm-hmm. and then just do close ups on them for the rest of the scene and they leave. Why? 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 And then Billy is like, that house is still standing in 20 years. Uh, David Carradine's kid, John Tucker, still doesn't figure it out. No, he doesn't. Still doesn't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, also, doesn't figure out when Billy. Tells him his wife is pregnant oh, right. before he knows. They just have again, a fist fight. He he just he they, just assumes the that this stranger found yeah. out about his pregnant yeah. wife before he did, and he's like, "I'm gonna fight this guy." He doesn't even ask him how he knows. He just fights him. Yeah. Um. Well, I also this is also the point in my notes where I made a note where I said, "Whatever happened to that robot glove?" <laughs> yeah, it disappears. <laughs> it disappears for the whole movie. I was like, just, I was like, wasn't there a glove? Wasn't there supposed it, to be a robo glove? Does it come back in the middle at all, or is it just two times? Three times. Three. Okay, it is three. The beginning. Okay. Yeah, and then and then they go. All right, we mean business now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, nothing changes really. They just go. We mean business. Yeah, we're gonna get revenge on this guy who killed Marion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so David Carradine goes and gets his robo glove because he yeah. means business now, and uses it to punch a oh. hole in a door. <laughs> That's my favorite. That might be my favorite scene in the movie. It's like a, it's not even, I wouldn't even call it plywood. It's some type of cardboard. Yeah. It's like a, one of those like hollow, very, very cheap doors mm-hmm. that like a school might have yeah. or something on a closet. Mm-hmm. Not even like a door that you would use often. Uh, and he punches through it with the glove. And then in removing the glove, like the door is not even on the hinges. No. It just like comes off. Yeah. I'm like, why did, but you also think it's like, oh, he's going to raise hell. Nope. Does punches through the door, mm-hmm. finds Billy on the other side, and they decide to work together again. Yes. And then the glove's gone. Yep. And then so then the actual plan is to go to the villain's house while he's at breakfast. Mm-hmm. Billy. Just Billy. Billy. Billy just goes, and it's so great because he's supposed to be this big bad villain, uh, but he's like hunched over a bowl of cereal posture. or something. Yeah. Um, and like then, so slouched yeah. and hunched and just like eating cereal on. Yeah. And so Billy comes in there and goes, you want your, you want your drugs? We got your drugs. You meet us at this time at this place or whatever. And he mm-hmm. goes, gotcha. Then we see Billy and John in this industrial district or something. Some shutdown factory. Sitting in their, around. sitting in their Bronco. Yep. Talking about the plan. And mm-hmm. then a limousine pulls up. It's uh, it's the bad guy, and Marion is alive. Oh my god! Thank God she's alive. But they're also Thank surrounded god. by. They're, they get out of their. They're like snipers everywhere. But yeah. haven't you been here? You wasn't s- they set the meeting? Place. Yeah, you picked the spot. And then oh, there was even another. I, I, we 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 missed it, but at one point, um, Billy explains that he went back in time because some oh, buddies right. of his invented time, time travel. Portal. Yeah, yeah. So he just went back for fun. Just he went to see, for funsies. Yeah, just see what's up. <laughs> Um, not entirely true. Maybe he no, was I mean, being intentionally fib, but, yeah. uh, vague. Um, but but yeah. But so, I think the part about his friends just kind of casually inventing it. I think that is true. Yeah, I think it's for sure yeah. true. 
So then they have a big shootout. And the interesting thing to me is like a huge standoff for what appears to be about $10,000 worth of drugs. Yeah, yeah. Like everything is at stake over this small pile Mm -hmm. of drugs. Certainly like not a lot to someone who's moving them. Well, look, that might, let's see what a kilo, what's a kilo? Let's say each bag's a kilo. Of heroin? What is heroin or cocaine? They said dope. It's true, we don't know. Dope? Dope? They called it dope. So I don't know. I don't know what that could be a stand-in for, but um, you go ahead and look that up. I'll keep talking. They Thank shoot you. it, but the interesting thing about this shootout is that pretty early on, the main bad guy gets shot in the gut. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we and, thought he was dead, and the fight still keeps going. And I was like, I was yep. like, wow, this crime syndicate is like a, It's like a hydra. Yeah, you cut off the head, another head grows oh, in its yeah. place. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they they're shooting this stuff. They're doing everything like that. And then, and then the bad guy shows back up again, uh-huh. and he's got Marion. Yeah, and then, and then, so then he, they basically have a standoff with him, and they're like, "If you let her go, we'll we'll take you, and you'll get a second chance at life." Yeah, and so he goes, "All right, I'll let her go. Let's her go." They go, "Nah," and shoot her. Just pop. Yeah, or shoot him. Right. Yeah. Uh, I if at some point, at some point, Billy. Takes a bullet for Tucker. Yes. For David Carradine. Yeah, yeah. And he's bleeding out, and you're like, oh, no, that's a shame. And then a helicopter shows up out of nowhere and starts shooting at them, too. It's like a news chopper. Yeah. I said, yeah, it's got, like, the painting on the side of it and everything. It's it's just a news chopper. And so what does David Carradine do? How does he stop the chopper? Oh, he gets his little remote control out that we're just finding out about for the yep. first time. Taps it. The glove the things pop Whoop. open. Yep, the latches open it flies. up. The glove can fly. We don't know how, but it can fly. Mm-hmm. Pops onto his hand, and he zaps it. Lasers at, or electrical zaps it out of the yep. sky like a bug. Yep. Boom. So the glove came back. I was happy yeah, about that because I, yes. I had just made another note. I was like, "Where is that glove?" I, yeah. Um. And so yeah, it basically ends. They save Marion. Mm-hmm. Bad guys are done, mm-hmm. and then. What is this? The son has to essentially spell it out for him. He's like, "Oh, I'll see you. I'll see you guys I mean, again in thirty years or something." Or seven months. Seven months. He says, right. well, he says like, "Oh, I'm gonna meet." So we find out that like David Carradine's character was meant to die in that shootout. Yes, right. Obviously, because he had no plan. He just yeah. walked in there like a fucking idiot. But also, that plan wouldn't have happened without Billy, because he came up with the plan. He died somehow. David Carradine died that day. This is also but what also, confused us. Because who taught? He, Why did he say yeah, I had a He had teacher. all this stuff about his dad. Yeah. And how he learned how to shoot. Yeah. And watching then, vid screens or something. Like I don't so know. who taught him? Yeah. It makes... It doesn't make any sense. Not worth thinking about. Um, uh, but Billy finally is like, tells him, which at this point, we're, I think we'd just been sitting, it was so obvious for mm-hmm. so long that we were like, oh, everyone in the movie understands yeah. what's happening. And David Carradine is like, what? What do you You're mean? my son? Oh my God. And that's kind of where it ends. That's basically, yeah. It okay. basically ends with that. He goes, okay. he walks away. Yeah. Remember, he walks away. And oh, to go back to the future. To yeah. go back to the yeah. future. And then he like sparkles away. And yeah. then you're like, oh, okay. And then this is around the same time that you found out something. We got our own twist for this movie. Which, oh, this is a sequel. It's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. We accidentally watched we're, the sequel. We are sitting there looking at movies on Freebie. We're thinking about Nemesis Nemesis 2. No, what is it? Nemesis Nemesis 2 Nebula. Which is our movie for next time. That will be our movie we're for next time. We're going to settle it. And we said that would be funny to do. Just start watching sequels. Yeah, we should just watch a sequel. It turns out we did it. We did it accidentally. Without knowing. Yeah. And it actually like... I'm not going to say it answers the questions we had because it doesn't. The only one that conceivably is like the first movie is set in the future of 1993. Yeah. And it came out in like 89. This movie came out in 90. It's called Future Force. So it kind of, I'm like, okay, if a movie came out in 1989 and the idea was that it was in the future of 1993, I guess it makes sense that everything still looks the same, but like, yeah. And also, like, 
there's a character in that one that apparently is named Billy that I guess he's named after, but... Yeah, and the actress changed. He's supposed to have married the love interest yeah. from the first movie. But the sum, We didn't watch it, but the summary yeah. for Future Force is uh -huh. there is this guy who takes <laughs> justice into his own hands <coughs> and he has a robo-glove. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. I and so that's why he had the robo-glove. I think this movie underestimates how many people saw Future Force and how many people knew that they were uh, related to it. Sure. You know. But we also didn't know. We had we no idea know. until we it was over. Know. So, yeah. I mean, it says fine. what... It was fine. For sure. Like, yeah. it was, I guess, completely acceptable to assume that yeah. they made a standalone sequel. It's what? better than Marvel. It's better than Marvel. It is. It right? is. I can't even watch Quantumania. I don't know there what's going go. on. Exactly. No one does. Future Zone nailed it. No one does. Um, I do want to say there was one last thing about the movie I want to say, which please. is that this villain does not understand leverage. He doesn't understand bargaining. No. Hostages. Uh, hostages. No. It's all confusing to him. As we said, he arrived with no cocaine. Uh -huh. They burned the cocaine. They didn't get anything. In, well, I guess they did get the wife, but he also has snipers everywhere. It's like He's so mad. But he hasn't gained or lost anything. Yeah. Since arriving there, he's gained and lost nothing. No. And then when he has the hostage, he's like, "I'm gonna kill her." And he's like, "I'll kill you if you kill her." He's like, "You're bluffing." Yeah. Why would he be bluffing? We've seen this man many times yeah. kill men. <laughs> yeah. He has no qualms about killing a man. You have a gun to his wife's head. Why would he not kill you if you kill his wife? No. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And then he's like, "Oh, fine. Okay. I guess you're right." And gives them the way. And then they pop him. Also, also during the standoff itself, they they pull up and he goes, where are the drugs? And they go, they're nearby. Show us Marion. And he's like, mm -hmm. all right, here she is. And then the he they pull up a- They've been there. Like just a yeah. thin blanket and they yeah. were directly in front of them. The drugs have been there yeah. for I don't know how long. And then yeah. so so he's like, and then what do they do? They, they're like, they destroy the drugs. Yeah, they pour, well, he says kill them. Yeah. About five minutes go by while the snipers, I guess, get a shot. Yeah, I don't they, know. then he says, kill him, because now he knows that they can get the drugs. And yeah. so David Carradine grabs, in the slowest way possible, a canister <laughs> of gasoline so slow. and slowly pours it over mm -hmm. the top before then taking a match. It's yeah. none of it. it it's not exciting. Yeah. <laughs> they could have shot him at any point. They have so much time to shoot them all. Just find another broke down ship and just, yeah. just get some more drugs, whatever. Did you figure out the price of dope? Per kilo. Uh, that could have been millions of dollars. Wow. One yeah. millions of dollars? Could have been millions. In, in the 80s? Yes. In the far in future of the 80s? 1990. Uh -huh. 1989. That, I mean, that it depends on, I think, I think we need to, you know, we need to find out the purity. For sure. But that oh, could have yeah. easily been uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's worth killing off at least 20 oh, I, some, oh, pe some um, people that I'd are I'd kill for a lot less. <laughs> I know. I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. That is Future Zone. Yeah. And um, we got to go through our, our checklist yes, of the most do. important parts. I'm going to start off with the chase scenes this mm -hmm. time, Patrick. We got a pretty Please. slow chase scene with the big finish. It's just three cars driving down an Alabama street. Mm -hmm. Not really any concern, just firing and missing guns a lot, and then a big crash at the end. Yep. What do, what, where do you think? Do you think this ranks anywhere in our best <sighs> stuff? I don't know. No, not yeah. in the best of the best. It's mm -hmm. it's all very, like the entire movie, it's just sluggish. Mm -hmm. uh, we're always on David Carradine's time, who's drunk. The car, I sick, think, is drunk. I think, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of very just lazy and slow chasing. Mm -hmm. uh, not, you know. We've talked about it before. It feels like sometimes chase scenes are constantly in these movies because mm -hmm. they work as good filler. Yeah. You don't have to write a script or you don't have to write lines mm -hmm. for it. And they take up a lot of screen time. And so I would just, this is like Santa with muscles. It's just, yeah. it's just there to be there. It's exactly. not fun or exciting or whatever. The movie's 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, Pat. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the physique critique. Physique critique. I think I know who we're talking about. We're talking about- Marion. When Marion, yeah, Marion pops, <laughs> yeah. pops that dress off. Um, Let's talk Ted. Yeah, so- Mr. Teenage Maryland, right? Uh, that that's it? what you said, yeah. yeah. Um. I think, from what I can see, because mm -hmm. if you if you cross your eyes, the you gotta, mesh you think the, the mesh, mesh disappears, yeah. right? Yeah. You can kind of it looks like he's got a he's working with some pretty good stuff under there. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not crazy about the fact that he never shows it off. Like, what is that? Even when he gets shot at the end of the movie, he doesn't take the he doesn't take he doesn't pop the top off. Insane. 
It's crazy. And this is a Playgirl uh, centerfold that we're dealing with yeah. here. And he's not going to pop it off? There should have been at least one sort of scene where he's like showering or something. You could you should have seen his butt or something. There's always something. And then a lady is like, ooh. Like, yeah. you know, there's always that. Like, it could have been his mom. Cindy. Could have oh. been his mom. <laughs> could have been his mom. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah that, something. Like, Cindy been a never Cindy. like, was like, he's got a cute, because remember they always said, that a guy had a cute butt in 90s movies? Yeah, yeah. There's always a woman saying, talking about a guy's cute butt. They didn't know how to object, objectify men back then. They hadn't figured it out They yet. hadn't figured yeah. it out. Um, so obviously he's working with something. I was a little disappointed with how it wasn't showcased. I think I agree. You've got that kind of you've got that kind of weaponry you want to show it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna give this a pretty middling score of about a five out of ten. I, I agree. Which is it's hard to do for Playgirl centerfold, but and yeah, I mean it doesn't feel good. No, you know, to no do that to someone who did achieve something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you're not gonna if you have it and you, what is the point of Yeah. It's it's a knock against the costume design department and yeah. maybe the director more so than it is against Ted. Um, all right, Patrick, do you recommend this film? Yeah, yeah, same. yeah, for sure. <laughs> same, <laughs> same, big same. Every time we do one of these, it's like we shit on the movie for an hour. And it's like, should they watch it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, they must. Absolutely. There's no, you couldn't spend 82 minutes doing anything better than no, watching this, this movie. This is for sure the best way. Um, and so highly recommend it. Uh, unfortunately, I believe David A. Pryor passed away. Couple yeah, years ago, fairly, fairly recently, but um, they made a Deadlier Prey sequel or Deadly. Prey oh sequel yeah, Deadliest. I don't trust Prey. I don't trust those. I don't doubt it. But. It doesn't seem like the two 2010s is when you would want to do a sequel to Deadly Prey. Well, and they did it because the because of the cult status, which is never. Mm, yeah, it's gonna be like Austin Powers three. It's just references to Austin exactly. Powers two. <laughs> what was the uh, what's the great what's the ninja movie that that goofy looking guy with the really long hair. You're going to be uh, way more specific. I know, I know. It a, it's not American Ninja. That's something else. Damn, but they, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called, but mm-hmm. they made a sequel to it like, like more recently, recently. And it's gotcha. like, they know what it is. It's they know what they're self-aware. doing. Self-aware, it like, shouldn't be. Not what I want. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but either way, uh, we had a great time with this movie and we highly recommend it to you. Mm-hmm. Next time, we've got it picked out. We have it locked down. We might forget. But that's fine. Yeah, we'll see we'll what happens. The problem is, well, I can tell you this. This movie is on Freebie. For sure. Anytime something's on Freebie, there's a good chance on your way to that movie, you, you get might... sidetracked by another movie. Exactly. So that's possible. But for now, mm-hmm. we are locked in to talk about 1995's Nemesis 2 Nebula. Yes. Which is a sequel to Nemesis. Which we will not be watching. Which we will not watch. We promise not to watch. We yeah. swear not to watch. Uh, and you said how many? There's how many? I mean, Nemesis, Nemesis Five came out in 2017. So you know, if this goes well, we might just jump straight to five, or I, skip over to four, or something. We'll see. But for now, Nemesis Two, Nebula. We're really excited. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this show. We have a blast doing it. Um, if you think you have a friend who would enjoy it, please share, like, let them know, do whatever, let them know that this thing exists. Let them know. We're having a great time over here. And thank you again to David Carradine for showing us that it is possible uh-huh. to pass away peacefully. That death doesn't have to be scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> it could Folks, be, he died masturbating. He died well, with his dick in his know. hand in we a closet and a that. rope around we his neck. We don't know about that. I, it's hard to say, you know. <laughs> This thing. Oh, it's we, so well documented. Are we supposed to trust a coroner now? <laughs> Is that all of a sudden we're trusting the coroners now? <laughs> Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. I'm gonna rise to the top.